conclusion inevitable. It was a jump to conclusions, Matt. My conclusion was that this idea was not a practical deterrent. My only conclusion can be that it was a Sith Lord. In conclusion. Hello there, folks. Welcome back to In Conclusion, the only movie podcast that just watches movies filled with hot men doing hot things. I'm Dan O'Keefe, and joining me as always is Anna Otto. Anna, how hot are you? I'm so hot. I'm wearing a tank top right now, Dan. (laughs) Ooh, put it away, girl. Okay, before we even get into it, I'm sorry. I got to say... Sebastian Stan was looking, he was striking my eye in a way that he he usually doesn't. He is so good looking in this movie. I was like, okay, Seb, what's up? (laughs) But Gage was like, Uh, just wait till you see him with a man bun. And I was like, I don't know. And, you know, anyway. I think he looks better in this than he does as the Winter Soldier. It's the short hair. It's the short hair. No. Yeah. Does he have a beard as the Winter Soldier? Mallory, confirm or deny? Uh, I can't remember. I think he's got like he's stubble. Got, yeah, he's got stubble. something. Mm. Yeah, I think, well, when he's got his long hair, I think he looks like a rejected member of a bodybuilder My Chemical Romance cover band. Wait. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, fair, fair, fair. Um, Anyway, also joining us, you already heard her voice. It's Mallory Winkler. Hi, Mallory. Hiya. How are you? Hello. Sorry, I'm Mallory. to be here. <laughs> I didn't give you a good no. introduction. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we started talking about the hot men. This movie is full of hot men. It is it's... even a disguised hot man, too. Are you talking about Hugo Weaving, you crust? No. Oh, Hugo thank Weaving God. looks like himself. That's why Stanley I was so Tucci. Good. Oh, Stanley Tucci yes. is like a 70-year-old <laughs> German scientist. Wait. Have you what, guys, are you just gonna call me a crust? I did call you a crust. <laughs> Have you guys seen the TikTok where the guy goes, Stanley Tucci knows what to do with the coochie. He does it better than that. Mr. Tucci knows <laughs> no, what I to do. No, I have d- not. Let me, let me hold on. I'm, I'm so confused about your TikTok algorithm that that's what you're getting. I get like I Stanley don't. Tucci making drinks. Yeah, or like him painting a fence or so, like restoring a yeah. cabinet. I'll see that. You guys don't get Stanley Tucci thirst tax. That's really weird. I mean, I, I wish I did, to be honest. Yeah, the fact that we're not getting <laughs> is weird. I don't know where it is. It might be a while. I might have to send it after we record. It's fine. Just we'll send it and we'll post it when the episode goes up. This is very important. Trust. Stanley Tucci knows what to do with the coochie, okay? <laughs> Glad um, that's settled. So, so, anyway, the movie that we're talking about today uh, is Captain America, the First Avenger, starring Stanley Tucci. Um, just kidding. No. So, Captain America, the First Avenger, directed by Joe Johnston, the director of everybody's favorite Jurassic Park movie, Jurassic Park 3. Boo! Also, side note, I'm so sorry. My neighbor's working out downstairs, so if you can hear, like, pop songs of the early 2000s, it's probably her. So just, I can't, you know. but I wish I could. Get closer to the ground. Oh, okay. Let me just go in the basement to record, huh? Yeah, I want to hear Breathless. Oh, no. She usually works out to, like, 
Miss Independent and stuff. I know that's like early 2000s, early 2000s, but still. The Neo one, not the Kelly Clarkson one. Oh, boo. Um, Joe Johnston also directed Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And um, October Sky, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. I thought he did something, like, good. Like, what's his biggest credit? October Sky is good. Um, (laughs) What is it? What are you doing? What? I thought he did something good as an iconic star. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He did The Rocketeer. Never heard of her. our friend Tom loves. And Jumanji. Ah. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. Sorry for besmirching your your movie that you like, Tom. Oh, because I just said I'd never heard of that movie you said Tom likes. He likes the Rocketeer. I'm I'm upset by your your flippancy surrounding October Sky. I don't think I even know. Is there like a rocket in that? Yeah. I feel like Jake I watched Hall that. He's like a teenage rocket scientist, basically. What? I feel like I watched that in like chemistry class in high school or something when my yeah. teacher what? didn't didn't like yeah, want to teach. That. We watched it in class. <laughs> that feels like a reach for chemistry class. Or it was like some science class. It might not. Maybe physics. Probably physics. Was, we watched it in physics. Yeah. After my teacher <laughs> disappeared with like two months left of the school year. And then we had a different teacher with that explanation. What kind oh. of school situation? <laughs> I mean, I watched A Beautiful Mind in Psych once. So did we. What I'm hearing is all you did was watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a Catholic school and we watched Passion of the Christ multiple Ooh. times, mm. which is, is like Defoe ten hours that? long. Uh, Willem Dafoe wasn't in it, I don't think. No, 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 no. I I'm thinking of tell you. the it's Nativity. Jim Caviezel. Who? The Nativity, Dan. Oh, I thought you said you were thinking of a Kennedy, and I'm like, no. John F. Kennedy was in the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> no. That'd be something. Yeah. I, my mom told me that she was going to a Pilates class one day this weekend, and I was like, would you ever sign up for a Catholic judgment-themed Pilates class called Pontius Pilates? <laughs> would there be I wine? Would, for <laughs> I, the irony of it, yeah. Like Everybody keeps poking you with vinegar-soaked spears. No. They put uh, wine in my mouth on a sponge. <laughs> so, uh... Directed by Joe Johnston, written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, who also wrote uh, all the other Captain America movies and Infinity War and Endgame. Um, And apparently the incredibly well-received The Gray Man. Is that? That's That's the new one. That's the Chris Evans, Ryan Gosling. Oh, why did I think that Ethan Hawke was in it? What was that scary movie Ethan Hawke was in? The Black Phone. The same thing, right? Yeah, the, the the color adjective noun. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, starring Chris Evans, Tommy Lee Jones, Hugo Weaving, Haley Atwell, Sebastian Stan, Dominic Cooper, Neil McDonough, Derek Luke, and Stanley Tucci. With the coochie. That's right. Uh, released on July 22nd, 2011. So almost exactly 11 years ago. Oh my god, it's in fifth grade. <laughs> it's going into sixth. Oh my with a god. Budget, with a budget of anywhere from 140 to $216.7 million. Which seems like a pretty big range for an yeah, estimate. Yeah, that's kind of a... 
It made $370.6 million at the box office, and on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 79% approval rating, saying, with plenty of pulpy action, a pleasantly retro vibe, and a handful of fine performances, Captain America is solidly old-fashioned blockbuster entertainment. Hmm. And Roger Ebert said that he enjoyed the movie. I'm glad for him. And then, a year later, he died. Anyway. Whoa, 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 really? (laughs) Yeah. I'm not saying this caused it. What? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what I was interpreting that as, but I got scared. (laughs) I was like, he was like, that's it. I don't need to see anything else. I enjoyed it. Life. Goodbye. No. Um, They misinterpreted his quote. So, Mallory, do you remember the first time you saw this? Um, you said 2011? Yes. I always have to think about where I was living at the time to get any memories of Have you what traveled happened. around a lot? I, yeah, I moved a lot as a kid. Um, yeah, she, okay. she, you had a military brat childhood without having any member of your family in the military. Right. Um, okay, so I don't have a distinct memory of going to see it in theaters, but I am like 99% sure I did because I was living in Paris, Texas, and what else was there to do besides go to the theater? Oh, well. <laughs> um, but I did rewatch all of Marvel at the beginning of the pandemic and started in chronological order, so I think this was the second one that I saw. So, hmm. What's chronologically did... before this? My. Oh, my maybe dumb? this is the first one. I think this is the first one because I did. And then watch. Captain Marvel. Yes. Yeah, because Captain Marvel's the okay. '90s. Yeah. For some reason, I always think she's the first one, but then yes. This it's is in the, the name, Captain America: The First Avenger. I guess. And then Captain Marvel: The Second Avenger. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Anna, what about you? During quarantine, Gage and I attempted to do the. Uh, chronological order as well mm-hmm. so i've seen this one i saw this one for the first time a couple of years ago i've seen this one the most times out of all of the avengers movies we've watched so far i think i've seen this three times okay maybe um, two and a half. First time i saw it was in theaters i saw it at midnight it was a midnight screening at old orchard mall there were nine other people in the theater uh including it was my brother and I. He was a huge Captain America fan as a kid. Like, when he was six or something, he went as Captain America for Halloween. And this was before he was, like, Adorable. That's adorable. It is adorable. But my mom was like, what the... How the hell am I going to get a Captain America costume? So she went to the library and checked out books. I'm like, what does Captain America look like? So she could make the costume out of felt for him. Okay, that's um, also adorable. It is. It's very lovely. Um... So he was excited for this, and I was, because I was like, I've seen all these in theaters. I'm going to keep the streak going, baby. Just ripping cigs <laughs> as a 14-year-old. Yup. Um, so we went. We saw it in theaters. It was fun. I liked it. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting home so late as, a again, a 14-year-old. I was like, oh, I'm getting home at 2.30. Ooh. What, what a bad boy. But I, I say remember... that to myself now. <laughs> Gage and I, when we were at the housewarming, we did have quite a distance to drive. But I was looking at my watch. I was like, oh, my God, it's 930. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember 
specifically the end credits, like after the end credits, we stayed and we watched the trailer uh, for the Avengers afterwards. And I was like, huh, that's neat. I didn't know they were doing that. Like, I didn't know there was an Avengers movie coming after all these movies. Now look at you. Look at me. Jaded and insufferable. Back then, so full of hope. A glimmer in his eye. God's eye? Whose eye? Yours eye. I, what? I meant, <laughs> I meant you had a glimmer in your eye. Oh, I thought, I thought you were saying that I was a glimmer in someone's eye. A glimmer in Kevin Feige's eye. Oh! Sorry, I was just thinking about... <laughs> Calm down. I was thinking about happy. It's <laughs> <laughs> hot! Take me to court, it's true. Is that um, your... Is that what you're most disappointed about this? That John Favreau isn't in it at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so fine in some of those movies. That's uh, a pretty so good sorry. critique. I would agree. Thank you, Mallory. <laughs> it's nice to hear someone lift me up for once. <laughs> I agree. I told you. I agreed. I thought he was hot. I know. I'm just teasing. Um. Yeah, Mallory. Did you know before that he he his. John Favreau's horrible experience making Iron Man 2 led him to make Chef. I did not know that exact story, but it makes complete sense because Chef is basically just like him doing what he loves with his friends. Yeah, right? Which is why it's a fantastic <laughs> film and my favorite. Um, well, speaking of film, thoughts on this one before we get into it. You can go first, Mallory. I actually enjoyed this more than I had remembered, at least a couple years ago when I had watched it most mm -hmm. recently. And one of, maybe it's also because there's been a lot of like very different types of Marvel movies that have been released recently, like the latest couple ones. And this uh -huh. was just like a very good going back to the origins of everything taste for me it's like it wasn't anything too complicated they were setting a lot of scenes for upcoming stuff a lot of easter eggs happening so i i really enjoyed it and all of the hot men like how mm -hmm. can yes. you not oh my gosh. so <laughs> hot. so many <laughs> but Everyone's i will hot. also say the cgi is terrible and has never gotten better but in this one it is particularly very bad and very hard to look at so. <laughs> what about you, Anna? Well, as was mentioned before we started recording, I love when he's touring. That's probably my favorite part of the movie, even though it's so obvious that he, in fact, himself does not have a great time after a while. But I was mm -hmm. thriving. Um, I like this one. I like the nostalgia factor. I love Peggy. She's a bad bitch. Um, <laughs> I like... I don't know. I like the story in this one. Like, it's it's a good story, I think. It's a really... I mean, obviously, it's his origin. I, what am I trying to say? I find it watchable. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, that's high praise. No, okay. <laughs> I think, going off attention. that, I think the pacing was really well done. Yes. Like, mm -hmm. we established characters and plot and conflict all within 20 minutes, which is one of my biggest gripes with Marvel movies, is that they take so long to establish anything. Yes. And this, the pacing was very good. Within the hour, we had a bunch of action, and there was still more to happen. 
So I think that goes along with it being easy to watch. Yeah, it yeah. was easy for my little pea brain to digest. <laughs> it is a very simple good versus evil. There, I mean, I'm not going to say that the other Marvel movies are just shades of gray. Well, it's but, easy to know who's bad when the Nazis are the bad guy. <laughs> not even the Nazis, the super Nazis, because the Nazis weren't bad enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the part where Hitler is climbing around behind the chorus line of girls had me rolling. I was like, no. I was like, not Hitler. <laughs> oh, I think uh, that's what most of Europe said in the 40s. I know. I, I just, it's, I love the nostalgia of like, in the 40s, everything was so, like, cleaned up that even showcasing who the bad guy was in a war, they're, like, mm-hmm. making it into a joke. And, like, it's such a simple little thing. I know real life wasn't like that, but when you look back on stuff from the 40s, that's how it always feels, and I just really like that kind of stuff. If that made any sense. It does. Well, I'm also thinking about how like Osama bin Laden was portrayed when we were growing up and it was there would never have been a media portrayal of him like a goofy sneaking around mad magazine cartoon villain exactly it was always like he was like the the evil mastermind of everything mhm whereas like like you said, yeah, it's very cartoony. It almost makes you feel safer. Like you're seeing this bad guy, but oh, it's not a real threat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though in reality, it's Hitler. So. <laughs> not exactly a, a great guy. So. I think we should throw that on a shirt. In reality, it's it's Hitler. Not exactly <laughs> a great guy. I'm just saying. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that I, I agree with how I like how everything is set up in 20 minutes. Because, like, boom, we got it. We got a plot. We're rolling. Um, it's every. It seems like every scene either it vacillates from plot development, character development, plot development, character development, plot development, character development. Which would get tiring if that was like that for every single movie in the MCU. But considering this is the only one where they do any character development... Um, it's a lot more enjoyable. I did like every scene that didn't have the super Nazis in it. I thought Hydra was so silly and stupid. Wait, you don't like... <laughs> I thought Hugo Weaving was I'm fun. Because he can't... was playing like a... He was he was playing snidely whiplash. Um, <laughs> but otherwise I was like, this is so... Why... The regular Nazis weren't bad enough? We had to what get the, the going on? octopus Nazis... I loved the little explanation, like, cutaway scene when Stanley Tucci was, like, telling Chris Evans about, like, how bad Hydra is. And then there's, like, a magical book. And then he, like, did the thing. And it's, like, it's just, like, the most terrible acting in a cutaway scene. (laughs) And it's, yeah, it just makes them look so goofy and not even. Yeah, it's like it was a screen test. And they're like, that's good enough. Let's throw that in. Did the part where Hugo Weaving takes his face off to reveal that he's Red Skull feel like Who Framed Roger Rabbit to anyone else? Felt like that or like Looney Tunes back in action where they keep pulling the masks off. Exactly, yeah. It felt camp. I was expecting him to pull another one off and be Michael Jordan and then pull another one off and be Red Skull again. 
No. <laughs> um, yeah, I think let's get into the movie. Hell yeah. Also, Ooh. no, I'll, I'll mention it when we get there. Oh. Uh, just, just the touch of racism that they throw in real quick. Where? Oh, we'll now talk I feel about dumb. It. Oh no. Okay. No, it's fine. You don't see. Oh, race. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, we are in Norway. Just kidding. We're in the Arctic. It's yes. modern day. Um, and in this crashed mystery airplane craft, they find the remains of a massive frozen ship. And inside the ship, what do they find? A handsome but gentleman. A sh- Yes, just a big piece of man meat. No, a red, white, and blue shield encased in ice. I wonder what it could be. I don't know. Everyone's screaming already. Now, I'm confused already, because I'm like, I thought they already found this shield. Didn't Tony Stark use it to balance that tube in the last movie? What? I don't know. It's just a reaction. <laughs> I'm trying to add suspense, Dan. Anyway, now flashback. Norway, 1942. Everybody's favorite vacation destination. Um, two caretakers for an ancient Viking ruin listen as their town is overrun by Nazis. Uh, a typical experience that we all have gone through. Um, They're flooded with Nazi agents. Uh, an old man is trying to open one of the building's crypts one by one. Uh, and then Hugo Weaving, best known as Agent Smith from The Matrix or someone with long hair from The Lord of the Rings. I don't know what his name is. It's too long. Um, he walks in and he's looking for a cube called the Tesseract. Yes. And the person's Da-da-da. like... Oh, Herr Schmidt, I think we found it. I think we found the Tesseract. Oh, yeah. That's what all the Germans sound like. The Uh, little piggies from Shrek. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Hugo Weaving's like, this is not something that you would bury. And then he smashes it on the ground. Um, I screamed because I forgot that that wasn't the real Tesseract. So you thought they were just crushing it, getting rid of it immediately. For a split second, yes. I was like, oh, my God. And then I remembered. Uh, but then the caretaker gestures to a hidden drawer across the room, where then Schmidt opens it, and he finds the real glowing Tesseract, and then Hugo Weaving takes it, and then he tells his men, Kill them all! And he shoots the caretaker. And I'm yet to know whether or not the movie wants us to think this man is a hero or a villain. I assumed he was a good guy. Did you actually? No! <laughs> I mean, the blood did suspiciously look like ketchup, so yes. you, can, and you couldn't have not killed them. I think it's something that I noticed while watching this. This is the... Um, I mean, it, the, the violence in it is very, like, 40s swashbuckler sort of thing. Did somebody say most- camp? I did. I was trying to avoid that specifically. I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> um, like at least when they're doing like the the gunfight in Brooklyn, this is the most like actual gunplay that we have in the whole MCU before it's all like laser blasters and stuff. Just thought it was interesting. 
We also I mean, see a, a dude's ass, which I'm like, yes, perfect. Where? Oh, it's the, the soldier the that butt. moons Captain America when he's oh, yeah. first performing for the soldiers, and they're like, "Get the fuck out of here, you oh, pansy ass!" Right, bitch. Bring back the dames. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I think they only know the one dance, but I'll see what I can do. Um, so anyway, in Brooklyn, Steve Rogers, played by a body double with Chris Evans' face superimposed on it. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> it's most, so bad. The most unrealistic part of this movie is that that scrawny kid still has Chris Evans' voice unchanged. I know. That is like... How did anybody in Hollywood say, yeah, this sounds good. Let's move on. Who approved yeah. this? I just want like, to talk. Yeah, it makes no sense why his voice would be that low and his body that small. Yeah, this this CGI human pinky in the brain looking dude coming Ew. in like, hello, I'd like to enlist in the army. What? No. Gross. Up the, just, just pitch shifted up a couple octaves. Uh, yeah. So Steve is an orphan. His dad died in the war and his mom got not chlamydia, some disease. Excuse me? Consumption? She died of something. I don't know why chlamydia was the first thing that popped into my head. Dang. I don't know if that's true. It's a bit off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then he has like 8 billion medical maladies. Um, So he gets rejected from the military. um, And this is his fourth failed attempt to enlist and i get that he wants to like fight on the front lines because he's suicidal uh but like there are so many other ways that you could be assisting the army at this time he could grow a victory garden there's no grass in his brooklyn tenement well that's one of the ways you can help or you can do what he that little kid did in the movie preview yeah collecting cans yeah (laughs) Good job, Even little Steve. Johnny's collecting cans. <laughs> Literally. Good job, little Jimmy. I think, oh, he actually said little Timmy. And I was like, oh, I love this. Classic. I'm in heaven. Uh, all movies need to have a film strip referencing a little Timmy doing something good for the well-being of the country's war effort. Um, even like period pieces, like a medieval movie. I want a film strip in there. Um, so... Oh. Steve goes to the movies where he sees little Timmy doing something for America. And he's like, God damn it, even this child can do it. Um, and then what, someone's like, start the movie. I didn't say to pay to see this crap. And Steve, like a little pansy ass, he's like, hey, have a little respect for these he film strips. Of kids I went to grade school with, those kids are like, you're disrespecting a future U.S. Army general. Yeah, the, the <laughs> JROTC kids. Like, you don't realize how difficult my life is. I'm like, uh, okay, all I said was, that's my pencil. Can I have it back? But okay. You didn't address me as sir. You didn't salute. <laughs> I'm higher ranking than you. I never said at ease. <laughs> I'm never at ease around a JROTC <laughs> member. Um, so the dude who's yelling, Steve tells him to shut up. Um, and then he stands up, towers over him. And then this bully beats him in an alleyway. Steve tries to fight back, but he's a little bitch and he can't. Um, mood. And when asks why he won't give up, what does he say, Mallory? I could do this all day. Melting. 
Um, Gage <laughs> ran in from the other room to go, did he say it yet? And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, and then Bucky, sexy Sebastian oh. Stan. Uh, I tell you, my jaw was on the floor when I saw that man in uniform. Mm. He runs in and, and scares the bullies away. Um, and Steve's annoyed because Steve's had just gotten his second win, but Bucky, he's enlisted. He's in the 107th Infantry. He's ready to go off to fight those Germans. Thank you, Bucky. You're welcome. Damn. Um, what? <laughs> what? What? Am, am I not the spitting image of Sebastian Stan? You're right. My bad. Come How on. could I forget all those times you put your hair in a man bun? And your bionic it. arm. I have... I. My hair has never been long enough to put it in a man bun, but sometimes it gets long enough to put it in a whale spout coming off the top of my head. Ew. And it looks bad. Oh, God. Uh, so, Steve and Bucky go dancing, and then they head to the World's Fair in Queens. The strangest, like, fireworks are constantly going off in the background of the CGI World's Fair. Doesn't it that- kind of feel, like, not period appropriate? Like, doesn't it feel kind of too futuristic? Am I crazy? Am I the only one who felt that way? Well, that's what the World's Fair was. It was a demonstration of the future. But it definitely did feel like that. It felt like they stepped into a sci-fi movie. Yeah. I was reading some continuity errors about this film, and one of them <laughs> is the, like, Unisphere. Yeah. With, that's, like, still in Queens. That wasn't made until the next World Fair. Like, it was a different, like, sphere sculpture yeah. that was there. Ooh. And I was yeah, like, why didn't anybody thing. pick up on that? <laughs> this movie's unwatchable. Did anyone yeah. do a Goog before they started filming? Yeah, for real. Like, what's your props department doing? They I didn't mean, they, get this right. They couldn't Google it. This was filmed in 1941. You're right. How could I forget? Sorry, Come on. They just froze Chris Evans for 70 years. Um, so, Steve tries to go to another recruiting station. Um, and tries to forge his application, but then Dr. Abraham Erskine, played by Stanley Tucci in mm. in Ugly Wig. The only apparently. way they could make Stanley Tucci look ugly, TBH. Yeah. He hears that Steve wants to go in, he's like, ooh, I like this boy. Um, and after Steve goes onto an examination table, uh, Dr. Erskine pops in and he's like, we're looking for people like you. We want you to help. And he's like, I don't, I don't want to be a killer. I don't want to kill. I just don't like bullies, whether or not they're German or Brooklyn or whatever. So Steve, because of his gumption and his heart, gets accepted into the military. Aw. Meanwhile, today, they'd be like, you want to be in? Hop on in, kid. You weigh seven pounds and have no arms, no legs, and nor to- no torso. We can use you. And they the, would. The and silence would. was deafening. I was just thinking about the JROTC kids again. So, in a secret military installation in the Alps, Johann Schmidt brings his glowing cube to Dr. Arnim Zola, who is Hydra's weapon specialist, and they figure out that the cube has unlimited power! Thank you, Arnold. You're welcome. Why wasn't he in this movie? Was he too bu- he was too busy still being the governor of California. Say, he was governing. Yeah. 
How much governing do you actually do? Uh, so, in basic training, under the careful watch of Dr. Erskine and Tommy Lee Jones, whose character has a name, I don't know what it is. He's just playing Tommy Lee Jones. He's played the same character in every movie he's been in. That's fair. I forgot he was in this movie. Just me? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know he was in it to begin with. It was one of those situations where Gage went, Anna, who is that? And I went, <laughs> I think I said somebody wrong, too, for the Rivers record. Cuomo? I know what he looks like, okay? Okay, say that like it's a good thing. I mean, it's against my will. <laughs> <laughs> um, so during basic training, Steve, he, he meets Peggy Carter. A, Gorgeous. A British officer who's leading this special forces group, basically. Um, and yes, she is absolutely gorgeous. She's a bad bitch, like I said. I agree. Um, and he falls in love. Me too. You too, Mallory? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I was thinking about the red dress that she comes walking in later. Oh. In, and my <laughs> jaw dropped because I completely forgot she wore that. She's so, so beautiful. I was just envisioning her in that. And I was like, wow, she's so pretty. Okay, uh, I want to ask everyone, because mm-hmm. Gage and I were having a discussion about this. How do you feel about the fact that Peggy's, what is it, her niece or her great niece or her granddaughter? No, her niece. It's right? her niece. Yeah. Tries to hook up with him. What are your feelings? That tries. Does. does. <laughs> okay, well, what are your feelings on that, friends? Well, he didn't know at the time. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, what's the Stanley Tucci saying again? Mr. Tucci knows what to do with the coochie. Apparently, Carter Coochie runs in the family. I don't know. Hmm. Okay, I was just curious what everyone's thoughts were because it. No, I, I think it's, I think it's gross too. Okay. Ooh, you were in love with my grandmother. Perfect. Break me off a piece <laughs> of that. Let's keep the family legacy going. Um, <laughs> so, in basic training, Steve is getting bullied and like mocked, but he shows a lot of gumption and heart. Um, and after a grenade gets tossed into the group while they're doing their calisthenics, everybody else scatters. Steve leaps on top of it, willing to sacrifice himself to save the others. Um, couldn't be me. And they're like, me. wow. No, absolutely could not be me. No, we would have been running, Dan. We also wouldn't have seen me running to sign up for the army. I was I'd just be giving say. myself a disease to get out of it. <laughs> Dan and I would have been sewing the Victory Gardens back home. <laughs> Do you need a bugle boy? I can be your army bugle boy. Oh my god. Wow. I mean, the USO girl. He was the famous trumpet band from El Chicago way. Thank you. That was very good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, that night, Stanley Tucci has a conversation with Chris Evans. They share a bottle of schnapps and... Dr. Erskine's like, you know, this isn't the first time I performed this experiment. I performed it on Hugo Weaving at one point. Stanley Tucci's tragic backstory. But his skin began to corrode away, and now he's a sinewy red skeleton. And Steve. So ugly. 
Okay, well, that's just offensive. The red skull? Yeah. Yeah, he's literally so gross. Would you say that to him if he was in front of you? Yes, he's literally a super Nazi. Of course I'd say it to him. I'd be like, you crusty ass Anna, <laughs> super Nazi. Anna, I think sometimes you need to consider other people's feelings. Not the Nazis. Imagine if someone walked up to you and called you a crusty ass super Nazi. You wouldn't feel too good, would you? <laughs> the crusty part I'd agree with, the super Nazi part I'd take issue with. <laughs> um, but anyway, Steve hears this and he's like, nah, shoot me up with that shit, man. Maybe look like Sammy Sosa. Um, oh! Whoa. <laughs> yeah, no one's safe on this podcast, even Sammy Sosa. Watch out, Sammy Sosa. Uh, so, the next morning, um, Steve and Peggy go through Brooklyn, come to the front of an old antique shop, and Steve is pointing out, I was beaten up over there. I was beaten up over there. I was beaten up over there. Which, you know, if you're trying to endear yourself to a woman... I don't think that would be the normal way to, to get the conversation going. No. I'd be concerned, to be honest. I'd be like, are you, are you okay? Like, do you have terminal injuries that I should be concerned with? <laughs> how's, your, it, how's your bleeding? Still just internal? Yeah. Are all your bones healed? He looks like he has... Um, Glass bones and paper skin. Oh, hell yeah. He looks like he needs some milk. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, they do say get that boy a sandwich. Mm. That's true. He needs more than one. The boy weighs 100 pounds. <laughs> Not even. He weighs 90 pounds. You don't, I, I don't think he would gain 10 pounds in his wetted state. No, he needs... He, if he had longer hair, maybe. Also, he weighs 90 pounds and like 30 pounds of it is Chris Evans' head. Literally. <laughs> it's pretty right. accurate. Yeah. Uh, so, they end up in a secret military bunker where the um, operation is going to take place. They have a procedure. They're going to inject his muscle regenerator, him with muscle regenerators, which will then be bombarded with Vita rays. And this all just sounds like goop products. Ew. Um, <laughs> How's your goop water bottle? Could be. Man? It's under the sink right now. I'm I'm trying to get rid of the smell. Oh no. Ew. Well it's a goop bottle, so you know what it smells like. Um, vaginas. There we go. <laughs> Specifically one. Um so Erskine, he has he tells Steve, like, you're gonna be in a lot of pain, but you'll come out stronger. Um and Tony Stark's dad, Howard Stark, Wait. is like, Hey, what's up? I'm so sorry. My neighbor just started working out to welcome to the Black Parade, and I just needed to tell you guys that. <laughs> Go on. What kind of workout are they doing? I, d I don't know. Maybe this is a cool down. Should I go check on her? <laughs> Excuse me. I heard my siren call. Literally. What are you doing? Did um, you not know you live, uh, you live above an old emo? <laughs> <laughs> so... They put the serum into Steve's muscles, gets enclosed in the Vita Ray capsule. Uh, it starts glowing very brightly, like he's being set on fire. Um, he's yelling out in pain. Everybody's like, shut it down. But then Steve's like, no, I can do this. Uh, and then when the capsule shut down, 
Yeah, Jesus himself comes out. <laughs> Okay, uh, Anna, my, I think my you biggest. You muted yourself, so we can't hear anything. Oh shoot! <laughs> I said he comes out oiled as hell. <laughs> also, how do his pants still fit? Yes, he's got those incredible Hulk pants. That he like, asked the same question. I was like, "There's no way that his pants are still the same size." And they didn't have elastic waistbands back then. No. Yeah, that thing was buttoned and secured. Do, but he got America's ass. Do you think everything got bigger? Yes. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> you're, 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 so you don't, my pet opinion was that, yeah, Steve was 90 pounds, 30 pounds of it was head, and 10 pounds was schlong beforehand. So now it's actually just proportional. Yes. The, the schlong probably gained a little, you know what I'm saying? The, I mean, the one piece of trivia I have for this was the original title was Captain America, 10 pounds of schlong. Get lost. Uh. Ew. <laughs> Would have sold a lot of tickets. I, I would have bought two. <laughs> um, Catch me yeah, I mean, he comes out hot as hell. Good Lord. Looking like a Hawaiian roll. What the fuck? Ooh, I like Hawaiian rolls. Right? I mean, like I do too. It's a Hawaiian but... roll. But yeah. Muscle. Or a Dorito. Okay. Mm, that, yeah, he, did, he is triangular. Yes. I'd uh, say he came out of there looking like a Reese's peanut butter cup because that's just something I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Round, chocolate, and filled with peanut butter. My dream, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everybody celebrates the success and they all go to congratulate Erskine. But then a man who looks like a German spy and is actually a German spy. Uh, he sets a bomb that explodes in the viewing gallery and then shoots Dr. Erskine, kills the guards, and runs out on the streets with Peggy in hot pursuit. Um, as Erskine is dying, he points to Steve's heart as if to say, that's what your real strength is. Or as if to say, your heart's going to explode real quick, so you got to get this done pretty fast that's very ominous yeah right i wish that was what it was that'd be I mean, a little he, more interesting he he basically did the with great power comes great responsibility thing in just a single point yeah yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> that's his uncle ben. the power of filmmaking show don't tell uh so in the streets, uh, Kruger is driving. His getaway driver gets killed by Peggy. Kruger Kruger is basically playing a game of GTA in this whole scene. No. Um, mm. Just stealing cars and knocking hookers over. I, I say assume not enough hookers. strip clubs. No, yeah, not enough strip clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Steve running barefoot. On yeah, that that makes me uncomfortable every time I see it. How do, he's like stepping on glass and everything. Right. I was literally just gonna say. Now I bet things are a little different in the '40s, but if you were to run through the streets in New York today barefoot, you would catch something. 100%. Yeah, I step on a needle easily. <laughs> um, I'm trying. The only other thing that comes to my mind regarding footwear and running in movies is I don't know what's more 
stupid slash impressive that he does this all barefoot or Bryce Dallas Howard's character in Jurassic World spends the whole movie running from dinosaurs in like four inch heels. Yeah. It's very impressive that she does that as well, considering I went to a wedding two weekends ago and tried to dance to one song in two inch heels and twisted my ankle so bad it still kind of hurts. <laughs> but I think I think heels are a lot like once if you've been in them, then you know how to run in them. Like, I feel like that's still a lot easier than, like, stepping on glass and still maintaining a good speed. But if you talk to one of those, if you talk to one of those granola guys who's like, nah, you should never wear shoes. Just get in touch with nature. They're going to be like, it's so easy to run because they have, like, an eight-foot callus on the bottom (laughs) of their foot. Exactly. Oh, gross. Maybe that's what made him taller. We don't really see his feet. (laughs) What if it's just kind of like a platform? We literally do, though. Ew. Ew, Dan. Get the pet eggs out. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, it goes to get a pedicure, and they're just, like, using a grinder to shave off the bottom of his foot. I think I've I've driven that point home enough. Um, (laughs) So Kruger shoots at Steve, who holds the star-imprinted door of a wrecked cab in front of him as a shield foreshadowing maybe anna what's she listening to now fall out boy <laughs> you are your eyes just like locked on sorry i heard the the thumping of the drums and i knew <laughs> <laughs> you know that you know that she was more than you bargained for oh yeah i sensed pete's presence in the building ew i wish he was actually there. <laughs> uh so Steve Kruger dives into a submarine, uh, which is just a typical thing that happens in Brooklyn to this day. And Steve punches a hole through the cockpit, yanks Dan, why did you say it like that? I stuttered while talking and I tried to power through. I don't believe you. That wasn't on purpose. Through the cockpit. (laughs) Captain America and the 10-inch schlong. (laughs) Punches into the cockpit. Um... And Kruger tells him that he's just one of many. You can cut off my head, but two more will take my place. Uh, he then kills himself with a cyanide capsule. Says, Hail Hydra. Doesn't do the dumb arm thing. It's uh, like a double. A double it's, yeah, it's a double. It? <laughs> dumb. It's not one arm, it's two. Yeah. I'm, I'm upset that it wasn't creative. two arms and one leg. <laughs> God. <laughs> I think that would have been fun. Um, so, back in Norway, or wherever the Hydra headquarter is, they're visited by a trio of Hitler's top commanders. They're there to inspect Schmidt's operation. They're like, the Nazis don't even take you seriously. You have this weird magic and occult exception. And you're not even getting shit done. Haha, <laughs> unlike the rest of the Nazis, where we're in Egypt, not searching for the magic or the occult. We're searching for something real. The Ark of the Covenant. And there's this weird man with a name of a U.S. state who keeps coming by trying to stop us. And then he takes us to this one island and we're all like, oh, yes, we're going to open this wonderful grail. And then he's tied to a post and he's like, don't open your eyes. And then the rest of them all died. But I guess he turned out fine. That's a direct quote from the movie. Did you guys not watch that cut? No, I got that word for word. Word okay, for thank word. You. I missed that part. 
It might have been the the extended cut on Disney Minus. Uh, um, Disney Minus. <laughs> so uh, they call also call him the Red Skull, and then he the, one of the officers is like, "Why do you have a bunch of targets over Berlin?" And then Schmidt's like, "Ha ha ha! Hydra's Hydra's its own thing now. We're no longer part of the Nazi Party." <laughs> is that really what he said? Ah, ha, ha, Hydra's ha, ha, its ha. own thing now. <laughs> Me when I'm emancipating myself from any group projects. And now Hydra is enemies with the world. Which is very similar to a kid just having a no girls allowed treehouse. But this time (laughs) with super Nazis. When I was little, I had a treehouse. Oh, true. True. When I was what were you saying, Anna? I want to hear the end of oh. your... Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid, but okay. There's pictures of me and my cousin when we were little, and we took a giant refrigerator box and turned it into a fort and cut windows for our faces, and on the outside it said, no boys except grandpa. Oh, <laughs> Aww. Aww. That's really cute. <laughs> anyway. That's the story. Uh, so, the next day, they're going through the remains of Dr. Erskine's lab. And they're like, the only person who could produce the serum was Dr. Erskine himself. And I'm like, did you not? Does he not have notes? Could he not have written this down like a recipe book? I was going to say, it's like when you go to a restaurant and the only people who know are like the grandma. And that's it. And she's like, you just measure with your heart. He was back there measuring with his heart. Mm -hmm. It's also a very, very easy cop out to be like, that's why they can't make more super soldiers. He was measuring with his heart. He was measuring with his heart. (laughs) Um, So Steve is like, yeah, I can't wait to go to the European theater and punch these Nazis. Um, And they're like, no, no, no. You're going to be a propaganda piece. You're going to be a star, son. So enlisted in the USO, Steve travels around the Midwest, including Milwaukee and Chicago. Which pops up with text on screen like it's a tour coming around for us to go buy tickets to. You absolutely would have gotten tickets. I would have got tickets, yes. How did you know? In a heartbeat. I do love that basically the whole MCU started with Steve Rogers being a PR stunt. I do too. I think that's very fun. King behavior. Um. So he's got a triangle shape sealed. He's Captain America. Got a theme song written for him. He's got dancing girls. Punches out Hitler. Overnight success. He's got comic books, black and white movies. Everybody, you know, in America, not fighting the war, loves him. So uh, iconic. But Steve is disillusioned with this. He's like, I want to fight, Dad. But, you know. He doesn't have a dad anymore. Yeah, his dad's dead. Uh, <laughs> So, taken overseas to Italy, he's there to continue to entertain the troops, uh, but the war-torn men are like, I didn't sign up for this mamby-tamby boy. Bring back Bring the back girls. The oh! And they throw whole tomatoes at him. Yeah, and like not butts. even overripe ones. Like, those are like hard tomatoes, too. Owie, can you imagine getting hit in the face with like a full Roma? Just like... <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, something that I, I thought about related to saying, can you imagine? When people are like, I can't imagine something, I can. It's your imagination. You can just make it up. What? 
I can't imagine imagining. I can. Are you kidding me? It's very... I'm doing it right now. It's wonderful. Oh my god. Dan, no! <laughs> I've gone too powerful. Um, <laughs> so, the Agent Carter tells Steve that the men are unhappy because men of their infantry, the 107th Division, have been killed. And Steve is like, that's Bucky's division. Where's Bucky? But Bucky's name isn't on the casualty list. Um, so he's probably Thank been God. held captive in a Hydra weapons factory 30 to 40 miles behind enemy lines. So Steve pulls up his pants, his his, his big his girl what? pants. He does what? He pulls up his big girl pants and gets ready for war. Woo! I was looking at my own muscle in my, in my camera. I'll confess to you right now what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> um... Do either of you, whenever you walk past a mirror or like a window, always look at yourself? Yeah, I gotta check the fit every single day Most at work. Most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do have to check the hair. Mm. Is it cute or not? Who knows? Okay. Mm-hmm. I had read an article that was like, if you do that, you're a narcissist. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I am. No, I'm a Leo, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Leo rising, so. Okay. Go off, queen. Dan looks like you're the only narcissist here. I don't know. What, how do you figure out your rising sign? What? You have to know what, like, time what time you were born. born. Oh, like 3 p.m.? Okay. Yeah, so you put that in a little calculator, okay, and then it'll tell you. I'm going to figure this out. What is my rising sign? You can't just Google it, Dan. Well, it'll pull up a thing. Oh, you put. I'm not giving you my name. Tell me glamour.com. Where's the chart? No, it just sent me back to the website to put in my name. I hate this. Whatever. I'm a rising sophomore. That sucks. <laughs> download CoStar, Dan. It'll help you. Download. I have to download something? No. Yeah, it's just an app. It's called HoStar? CoStar, Dan. <laughs> I'm a leading man. I'm no one's co-star. Damn. I'm, I'm plenty of people's co-star, though. With a Taurus moon and a Virgo rising. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a movie called Dracula Rising? Probably. Or like Wolfman Rising? I don't know. Anyway, this is all real. Anyway, so... <laughs> Captain America's like, I'm going to steal a Jeep, drive into Hydra's backyard, but Peggy and Howard Stark have a better idea. They fly him over the battlefield in their private plane. Steve parachutes in. Um, The other two escape to safety, and then he breaks his way into the base, taking out numerous guards. The Hydra are manufacturing enough weapons to take out every capital of the world. But like they can't pretty... see the American flag shield running through no. their base. They're practically uh, just with their eyes closed. They're just blind. Yeah. If America is anything, it's stealthy. But I his shield has the big ass flag on it. Oh, and yeah. like obviously it's visible. Yeah. But my point was, Americans typically are pretty pretty understated with their patriotism. You don't see a lot of flags flying around or anything. It's pretty, 
It's pretty hard to figure out when someone's an American. I've never uttered the phrase, red, white, and blue, motherfucker, these colors don't run in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what this Steve is doing this entire scene. This whole movie is propaganda. <laughs> yes. For World War II specifically. Uh, so... Steve breaks into one of the holding cells where he sees hundreds of imprisoned men from the 100th and 7th. He goes to free all the men, and then an Asian guy pops up. Here's the thing I was talking about. Yeah. And he's like, well, it's pretty, it's fitting for the time. He goes, we're just taking everybody? He's like, I'm from Fresno. Which, I hate to say it, but if it was period accurate, wouldn't he have also been in an internment camp, even though he was in Fresno? Even if he was just... Um, I'm not saying it was right. I'm just saying, isn't that how history went, unfortunately? It depends on what month it is in 1942. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Can't we just not imprison people for being a certain race? Please. It's not like, like a commie over there. I j- I, I'm so <laughs> tired. Please. I'm so weary. Please, can we just have the bare minimum? Can we please just... You want the Nazis to win, Anna? Okay. Uh, I'll go back to my victory garden, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, these men, the Howling Commandos... uh, Gross. um, You know, depending on the night, sometimes I'm a Howling Commando. Thank you. And I'm going to log off Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Mallory. (laughs) Somehow I've been kicked out of the podcast. Um, Finally, it's not me. So they overpower their captors, steal guns and tanks, and escape the facility, destroying pretty much all of it. Um, And Schmidt is watching this. And then as Steve makes his way through the facility, he happens across Bucky, tied down to an operating table. Nice. Mm. Victim of a sexy Iconic. Yeah, you're. We're all like, mm, the things I'd do. Um, I'd ask for consent first. Absolutely. 100%. And then I'd proceed. <laughs> <laughs> Can I? He's got his mouth muffled. Mm, sounds like a yes. Um, so. Just give a thumbs up. Steve notices a tactical map on the wall. Um, and he commits the map to memory while freeing Bucky. And Bucky's like, you're taller than me now. That's not the only thing. Doosh! Ted slaps him with the schlong. Amen. Uh, so they head to the catwalks and they're standing face to face with Schmidt on a retractable bridge. Speaking of retractable bridge, Captain America and the tenant schlong. Uh, Steve punches. You're very slowly going towards your microphone. I'm so weary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Steve punches him. Uh, he stands his ground, and then Schmidt plays with his face. He peels it away. It's a mask, and he's the Red Skull. And he's like, I'm the Red Skull. Literally body horror. Um, and then Red Skull is like, to meet me at another Hydra base, take the car. Red Skull escapes in his strange-designed private plane, and Zola sneaks in Schmidt's roadster. Um, and then they jump across a huge divide to get to their freedom. Bucky crosses a trembling support beam. Steve... Runs and jumps over the chasm. Which is not how physics works. I don't know what you're talking about. That was a very, very, very long jump. 
He's just and now he did not have that much super soldier serum. No. <laughs> he took an extra dose. I looking off screen. Yeah, I mean he is a very, very, very long man. So. Do you mean tall? No, I mean what I said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so back at base camp, Tommy Lee Jones is like, "Well, let's write up a letter." He's probably dead. Uh, he's yelling at Which Agent Carter. doesn't make sense to me because it was literally like the night before they invaded. Like you would write yeah. a letter that quickly? No, and I don't think you would assume killed in action immediately. You'd assume missing in action before yeah. you right. killed in action. It also really stressed me out when he was like, well, Agent Carter, all because you had a crush. I'm like, the face I made. I was done with his shenanigans. I well, like, yeah, the, the problem is because she was a woman. You're right. That is it. That's the message that this movie is telling me. I stopped watching here, so I assume right. that's how it ends. That's correct. That is how it ends. Everyone cries. He's dead. The end. <laughs> It'd be a surprising ending. Um, but just then... Steve arrives with 400 survivors carrying samples of Red Skull's technology. Um, and not only does he arrive with all these men safe and sound, he reports directly to Philip, to Tommy, not Philip Seymour Hoffman, Tommy. I was Lee just going to say. Yeah, to, oh, that'd be so much better. Um, for disciplinary action for going out against orders. But he gets for, forgiven, and Bucky's like, let's hear it for Captain America. That was one of the stupidest lines in this whole universe. <laughs> Can you imagine being Sebastian Stan and having to say that line? Oh. Let's hear it for Captain America, the first Avenger. Now we're in theaters. <laughs> Be sure to stay after the credits. Uh, Literally. So, Steve gets a medal from Congress that he doesn't show up for, but he's because he's in London where he's recalling everything about the Hydra base. Uh, he says that he got plans to go into them, destroy them one by one, and he wants to use the team of men, the Howling Commandos, that he liberated in Italy. Um, and they all accept the offer, and then Peggy enters the room in that red dress. In that smoking hot red dress. Gorgeous queen. Mm-hmm. Steve becomes a Howling Commando. Mm-hmm. Uh, she ignores the men, flirts with Steve. She says she'd love to have a dance with him someday. Foreshadowing, maybe? I don't know. Uh, Playing in the club, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. So, next day, Steve is summoned to a bunker in Brooklyn to see Tommy Lee Jones and Howard Stark. But the female officer there, Natalie Dormer, who's in this movie for five minutes, for some reason. randomly, Gage said the exact same phrase you just said. Last night, he goes, Natalie Dormer, she's in this movie for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very random cameo that yeah. has never, ever showed up ever again. <laughs> yeah, she pops up and she's like, mm, you're Captain America. Want to fuck? More or less. Um, I believe that's actually exactly what she said. Yeah. yeah. And Peggy walks in on them kissing and she's like, oh, you're just like the rest of them. I hate this scene. Honestly, it doesn't yeah. do anything for any character. No, I feel like I think it makes everybody. Yeah, it makes everybody look worse. Yeah. 
They were like, we already paid Natalie Dormer, and she'd probably be pissed if we cut it, so I guess let's keep it. Uh, So anyway, Steve gets his shield. It's made of vibranium. Peggy shoots at him. Um, Hilarious. Which was really hot, yeah. Yeah. Um, And the shield protects him. And then she walks off, and Steve's like, I have an idea for a uniform. But first, let me get rid of this boner. Yeah. Unfortunately, the uniform is... Pretty much covers his whole body. I was hoping for a G-string sort of situation. Weren't we all too? Missed opportunity. So, Steve's in his red, white, and blue fatigues. Um, and he and the Howling Commandos, including Bucky, make their way across Europe. Um, destroying bases one by one. He's learned to use the shield as a boomerang, basically. Or a frisbee. Uh, Red Skull and Zola hear this, and Red Skull's like, Nine, nine, nine! Is that simpleton with a shield? Um, yeah. I mean, he's exa- he does say simpleton with a shield. That's a direct quote. But does he say nine, nine, nine? Well, considering so. that he's he's super Nazi, he actually goes, Ten, ten, ten! You're right, you're right. One step further. <laughs> uh, so... High in the Alps, Steve goes on a mission to capture Zola from his personal train. And then three members of the team uh, zip line across the massive chasm and storm the train by car. And Cap and Bucky are cornered by Hydra soldiers. They fight and they defeat the soldiers. But in the fight, Bucky is tossed from the train and plummets down into the icy river below. The whole squad is crying into their popcorn immediately. I was very surprised when that actually happened in theaters. I remember watching it for the first time because I was like, I thought he was like a big, I thought he was like a pretty big character. I thought he was coming back for the next one. How are they going to get out of this writing pickle? Little did you know. <laughs> yeah, if, Dan. If they don't show a body, I, I have started to assume that the character's always alive. Exactly. That's a faith. Yeah, that's a good assumption. Uh, so Zola's captured and sitting in the prison cell. Um, he says that he is told that he broadcast an easily decipherable message um, and Zola says that he's defected uh, and he tells them the plans for the only remaining Hydra base that's left um, and then we see Steve sad in a war ravaged bar um, and then Peggy shows up and tries to comfort him and then Steve realizes that Dr. Erskine's serum rapidly regrows his dead, ske- dead cells, which makes it impossible for him to get drunk. Mallory's worst nightmare. <laughs> for real. That would be terrible. <laughs> I would have no escape from my thoughts. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Poor Steve. Oh. They don't even have therapists back then. Poor guy was probably struggling. Right? <laughs> Oof, duh. Um, Even if they oh, did, I'm... he's a man. <laughs> what do you mean, True. therapy? Therapy, have you tried not being sad? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, they then talk about having a dance once again. It seems like they're really going to have this dance at the end of this movie. Uh, so, the, the team prepares a battle plan to take down Red Skull at his headquarters, and Steve's in a new uniform. He mounts a Harley. Nice. Ooh. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't have a key. He just has a, a slot that he needs to sit in correctly. Yup. 
Uh, and he, he dodges the Hydra soldiers and takes, finds himself in the base surrounded by the army. You think it's taken into custody and led into Red Skull's private lab. Uh, and Red Skull's like, what makes you so special? Steve's so like, nothing. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. And then his team zipline into Red Skull's office. Um, and hearing the line, I'm just a kid from Brooklyn, I just see the LeBron James, just a kid from Akron advertisement no. pop up in my head. And I'm like, we're in Space Jam, baby. No. Everybody get up. <laughs> <laughs> I need to edit this final fight scene to have Space Jam playing over it instead of... Ooh, I love that, actually. Music. That'd be fun. Right? Uh, so a firefight ensues. Um... Hundreds of soldiers are fighting off, killing Hydra soldiers. Red Skull's going to flee in his private hangar, uh, and he's got a giant plane powered by the Tesseract. Uh, he's preparing to take off. Steve tries to catch up on foot, but he can't. So then Agent Carter and Tommy Lee Jones arrive, and the three take off after the plane. Uh, and just as Steve is about to leap onto the plane, Peggy stops oh. and kisses him. And I'm like, this is not the time, ma'am. I hated that it was so unnecessary you already right? showed they have a romantic connection you don't have to do it with a kiss sorry i feel very passionate about that anna she loved it <laughs> your mic is off anyway dang it i'm sorry i was doing it because i keep crinkling stuff and i'm trying to be respectful of your ears i liked the kiss of course you did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just like romance. I can't uh, help it. I love a good little romantic moan, you know? I love a little kissy kissy. Anna's like, fuck the plot. Give me tongue. <sighs> no. <laughs> Open mouth kissing only. Um, so, Steve jumps and sneaks onto the aircraft. Um, he, he, the kiss made it more difficult, but he got it. Uh, I mean, duh. Yeah, and he finds a bunch of kamikaze planes, uh, each labeled with a different major American city. And I'm like, we've got our enemies mixed up at this point because, as far as I'm aware, the Nazis never did kamikaze attacks. That was strictly a Japanese thing in World War II. And um, as Truly. an aspiring, as an aspiring dad, I had to get upset about the incorrect military history going on right there. Clearly, nobody opened a book. I'm telling you. Ah, all these continuity errors. Ugh. I thought this was a documentary. I assumed this was a Ken <laughs> Burns film. Um, so, Steve, the the New York plane drops free. Steve takes off after it, jumps onto it, flying through the air. Tom Cruise is watching this and is like, casual, I'd actually do this. Uh, <laughs> Just hit my head on my microphone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> So Steve commandeers the craft, crashes it back into the flying plane after he throws the pilot out um, and throws the pilot through the propeller. Oh, God. Pretty gruesome death. I mean, it's, it is reminiscent of the Indiana Jones scene um, where the big German bear gets destroyed by the propeller, too. Um, yeah, but still, they are little... Nazis, though. Super Nazis. Exactly. <laughs> You're right. Shouldn't You're give right. them much My sympathy. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, ooh, that would hurt. That's my main concern. <laughs> Ouchie. Ooh. 
so in the cockpit, Captain America and Red Skull have a fist fight. Red Skull fires his energy cube pistol, who deflects it with the shield, uh, and it gets deflected into the cockpit console, which then knocks the cube out of its control booth, and it's damaged. And then when Red Skull picks up the cube, a portal opens above him to space, um, and he starts glowing brightly and disintegrating. Me too, Uh, TBH. And then his remains are shot up into space. And he disappears, and the cube, glowing brightly, drops through the plane and burns through before going into the ocean below. And then Captain America has a pretty subdued reaction to this. Yeah, I was a bit sad that he wasn't like, what? Where did that go? What was that? I'm just surprised he didn't have anything to say about witnessing a man functionally get raptured directly Mm. in front of him. You know, he's had a lot going on. Maybe he's just like... He just kissed Peggy. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That probably messed up his whole brain. Yeah. Yeah. So he takes control of the plane, radios Peggy, and is like, we're on a flight path directly over the eastern seaboard. Um, I can't... We don't have time to do anything. I just got to take this plane down. Um, and in their conversation, they, they plan a date for next Friday where they'll have the dance. They'll ask the band to play something slow. And then he crashes into a glacier. And Peggy just hears static. I just still don't understand why he didn't take the chance in modern day. I know she probably was married and, like, had grandkids. And 90. Yeah, but why didn't he go find her anyway and be like, I'm sorry that we could never go on our date? You know, he I did. He did in the next movie. Yeah. No, I didn't see this one or that one yet, so <laughs> here, that's all I know. I'm glad to hear it was resolved. <laughs> he never, uh, like, went and slept with her, but... <laughs> well, maybe he did. Just never on I film. Mean, yeah, maybe. But he did go see her many times, actually. Good. Yeah. Uh, so then he wakes up in a seemingly 1940s hospital uh, and a radio is playing a play-by-play of a Brooklyn Dodgers game back before okay. they were stolen. I've been thinking about this for a while, actually. Mm-hmm. Why did they put on this game that they knew happened before the war? I think that it might have been a test to see if his mind was still as sharp as before, like that he would recognize that he's being fucked with because he remembers the game specifically. Yeah. I figured they just asked an intern to do it and the intern fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> probably. That makes the most sense. What do you mean World War II? <laughs> thought there was only one World War. <laughs> uh, so he watched, a, a nurse comes in and he's like, where am I? I've been to this game. She pockets a two-way radio. It's like, I need help. Two soldiers hop in. Steve blasts them through a wall. And then he finds out that the hospital's a movie set. He runs through corridors, pushes a door open, ends up on the modern streets of New York, runs into the middle of Times Square, shocked by his surroundings, gets encircled by a bunch of SUVs. And out walks Nick Fury, who's like, you've been asleep for 70 years. And then Steve's like, it's just, I had a date. And then the credits roll. 
You Come know, on. that's a great. I great think the last line. three minutes of this movie are like perfect. Yeah. The end's really good. I will say the end is very good. Yeah. And then the then the credits roll and Steve is punching uh punching bag and it's flies across the room because he's angry. Um and Steve's like, You come with another mission? And then Nick Fury's like, Yep. And then we get a trailer for the Avengers, and it's a really bad trailer. It was a bad trailer, but that's okay. We <laughs> and, all start somewhere. And that is Captain America the first Avenger. Woo! Yay. The end of the origin stories. Mallory, now that we went through it, what are your thoughts? Um, I feel like I still have my same thoughts from the beginning. <laughs> CGI was bad. <laughs> Men were hot and Peggy hot. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty good overall movie. Yeah. Solid, solid. Very solid, yeah. I would agree with the Rotten Tomato score and whatever you said, like some blurb at the beginning, too, that I agreed with. Yeah, it basically just said that it was like a, a perfectly reasonable yeah. action movie. It, it, it hits all the, yeah. all the notes it's supposed to hit. Oh, I'd said a handful of good actors or yes. good performances. Yes, yeah. I would agree with that statement. <laughs> um anna what about you i just want to say this because i forgot to say before i think howard stark's really funny because he's just such a caricature of himself um Mm -hmm. but i also i really think this is the my favorite of all the ones we've watched wow okay because this one consistently it consistently keeps my like um attention no matter the fact that i've seen this one the most out of all of them doesn't matter uh-huh. Um, I like the story. I think it's a really cool story. Um, I, I like, like, it's just well told. Um, I care about the characters more than I think I cared about some of the other characters in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve seems like he's just a genuinely, like, sweet, strong guy who really wants to do something good, whereas I feel like some of the other characters that we've seen in movies so far are just, like, idiots who got thrown into a situation. Yeah, I think that... I I, I mean, in the, the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk, he's not, but Captain America's the only non-narcissist of the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, he seems like he's the only one... I mean, no, spider, spider, Spider-Man's non-narcissist. In, the, in this first Avengers okay. movie. Just making sure we're on the same page. Um, no, I no, think... He's not a narcissist. He's just a bitch. <gasps> you take that back. <laughs> you know this is a pro-Spider-Man household. Um, no, I think he's just the most likable out of everybody. I like Bucky. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really a character in this movie that I hate. Like, I think even the villains, I'm like, yeah, they're so bad that, like, I actually like these villains. Whereas, like... You Some like the, the super Nazis? No, Dan. You know what I mean. Like they're they're good. <laughs> they're good villains. They're villains. fun to root yeah. against. Yeah. Um, whereas some of the other villains I've seen in these movies, I'm like kind of blasé about. Yeah, I, get I feel that. like all around this is a very well-rounded film. Yeah. I feel like Captain America as a character too has stayed the most consistent 
because this is like such a strong like layout of a character yeah like yeah. there were so All many the things yeah there were so many things so many lines so many like morals in this film that he has stuck through through all of the mm-hmm. films like i couldn't say the same about iron man or about thor like i think captain america is just the most like very mm-hmm. consistent character of who he is mm-hmm. as a basic person <laughs> okay. yeah he's the only one who i mean had morals going into it yeah exactly because he was the only one who like not chose but like actively wanted to be there as opposed to everybody else who was sort of thrown into it by accident yeah um yeah i thought that i think it's fun i think it's like a fun throwback like to like a film serial sort of movie like aping that kind of style um i think the i i think that red skull could have been utilized better um if they had gone more into him as like the dark reflection of Captain America, because he's the failed first experiment, basically. Yeah, mm. I, I agree with you there. Like, I feel like there could have been more room to experiment with that, but I don't know how. That that would they, to do that, it would have to be they'd have to like completely redo. Do another movie. His character exactly. Like, it, you would have to add half an hour to the movie, probably. Because yeah. he's he's a, such a minor focus of it. He's the villain, but he's not really in the movie all that much. Yeah. Because the, the the real story is about Captain America's learning to become himself more than defeating evil nega Captain America. They should have called him Captain Nazi. That's my big big issue. <laughs> okay, let's let's get. Captain Wright. Kevin Feige on the phone. <laughs> um, I have some trivia for y'all. Let's do Ooh. it to it. So uh, when Chris Evans pops out of the pod when he turns into Captain America, mm-hmm. uh, Haley Atwell touching his chest was improvised because Mood. she was actually surprised I done this <laughs> at how good he looked. Um, so the... Small, skinny Steve Steve scenes were shot four times. Um, They would do one scene with Chris Evans and the actors and actresses, one scene with just Chris Evans in front of a green screen, um, one scene with everybody but Chris Evans, and then one scene with the body double that they would put his shrunken head on, basically. Was the body double a child? No, actually, the body double was a guy who I saw him on TikTok at one point. He was just a really scrawny, like, 17-year-old kid. Oh, God bless him. Hmm. Right? But he had a head that fit his body. I would hope he did. (laughs) Proportional. Uh, Yeah. So, a lot of the times that when they were filming the scenes with Steve, with actually Chris Evans in the scenes, he would be kneeling down. Oh, because he's like to get the a correct whole eye head line. shorter. Yeah. Um, so Chris Evans declined the role three times before accepting the part. Why? Because he was worried about what the sudden increase in fame would do to his private life. Are you freaking kidding me? I did know about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was supposed to be a cameo for Wolverine and Magneto. 
but that they, they couldn't yeah. figure out the rights issues because it was uh, Fox at X Men, and then this was Paramount. Uh, Stanley and Tucci was a jumble, right? Stanley Tucci took the role of Doctor Erskine because he wanted to do a German accent. That's Good entirely for him. the reason, right? He's chaotic. <laughs> Um, I mean, if I was him, I'd do that. And we like, know. You're also chaotic. <laughs> Thank you. I, me and Stanley Tucci frequently get confused for each other. Oh, yeah. But the real um, question, Dan. Uh-oh. Yeah, Hugo Weaving, meanwhile, <laughs> took the role just for the money. Dan doesn't want to answer the question. Why, what was the question? Do you know what to do with the coochie, Dan? <laughs> uh... No. Um, okay. Yeah, Hugo Weaving took the, the role for the money. He, he was like, I mean, it was fun to play. It's a Marvel thing. You basically, you take the money and enjoy the ride. I don't yeah. see anything wrong with that. I, I don't yeah, either. That's a job. Um, so in a bunch of markets, the movie was just called The First Avenger. Because they thought that audiences would be driven away if they saw Captain America, like going to see the movie in Poland or something. Mm. I guess that makes sense. But if you know yeah. the character, like, you know he's Captain America. Yeah. Um, in actual Captain America comics in the 40s, he was used to promote war bonds. Um, and the there is a famous cover, magazine cover, of him punching Hitler in the face. Isn't it in the movie, too? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then some potential castings. The first choice to play Steve Rogers was John Krasinski. Yes. Respectfully, I don't know how I feel about that. He's too, like, not beefy enough. Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of the reason why he said no. He saw Chris Hemsworth walk past, and he was like, nope. <laughs> Compared to that guy? Yeah. Oh. I think he's too lank like lanky. Yeah. Yeah, he's a really tall dude, isn't he? Yeah. Well so is Chris Evans. Chris Evans is like six three. Really? He's not he's not as like jacked. Like oh, he's sorry. A... Chris Evans is six feet tall. Chris Hemsworth is tall though. Yeah, he's, he's like six three. Yeah. John Krasinski is 6'3". Have you ever seen the images of, like, them filming Infinity War, Endgame, or probably Avengers, too, of Robert Downey Jr. standing on, like, boxes? Boxes like, or wearing, Apple like, boxes? platform yeah. shoes or something? Yeah. Because he's God so short compared to them. <laughs> A short king. Um, Emily Blunt was offered the role of Peggy Carter. Um, oh, if she and John Krasinski had been right, cute. Uh, Kira Knightley was also considered, as was Rosamund Pike. Uh, and the senator in the movie was originally supposed to be played by Jeff Goldblum. That well, he fun. got in eventually. Yeah. Uh, and that's really all the trivia that I have for you. Uh, oh, this was the last MCU movie distributed by Paramount. Disney had already mm. purchased Marvel at the time, um, but the contract to distribute stuff had run up with this. So that's a mm. fun fact for you. Mallory, who's your favorite actor, actress, performer? I was going to say Chris Evans, 
but it seems like that has changed at this point. Of all time? Of all time or, or right now or whatever. Um, well, it does very highly skew with how attracted I am to that. That's very fair <laughs> and we will not judge. Which is why Chris Evans was top of the list. But yeah. actually more recently has been Dev Patel. Dev Patel. Excellent choice. Yeah. yeah. Watch The Green Knight. It's a fantastic film. Got zero nominations last year. People mm-hmm. barely saw it. A24. It's great. He's very, very sexy in it. Would Captain America be better or worse or the same with Dev Patel as Captain America? Um, Probably worse. Okay. Because he's British. <laughs> LOL, can you imagine? <laughs> I'm Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I do see, like, Captain America being this, like, really jacked dude. Mm. So, a tall... Yeah, Dev Patel's got a swimmer's body. Yeah. Like, he's good no, no, no. in, like... In what about him as Bucky? Medieval. Maybe. That'd be pretty good. Right? I could see it. Yeah. I could see that. Anna... Better, worse, yes. the same. Jonathan Taylor Thomas as Captain America. I would love to see it just just once. I just want to get a little taste. Do I think it would be better? No, I think it'd be a shit show, but I want to see it. How small would his pre-transformation be? An He'd infant. be like Stuart Little. He'd be an infant. <laughs> um, I think this would be better with a forty-something Jimmy Stewart as Captain America. That'd be very fitting for the time. If they made this in the 40s, it absolutely would have been Jimmy Stewart as Captain America. Mm-hmm. I can see I, that. I would say that pre-serum Dev Patel would just be Dev Patel in Skins. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> or, or even, um, what's the other one? The lottery Slumdog one? Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah, or even him in Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> and then he just like, yeah, becomes his now self. Yeah, yeah, we had to. We did like a boyhood scenario where we had to film yeah. over fourteen years. Oh God, <laughs> this stresses me out. Um, and then on a scale of one to five accidental chest touches, what do you give it, Mallory? Five. Five out of five. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, we're doing out of five. I thought you said out of ten. No, out of five. Oh, oh, oh. Tens to um, <laughs> I mean, my letterbox review is two and a half, so I'd probably say two and a half. But okay. we'll round up to three. I want to get the other full touch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say, so three is like two hands. Five would be like a full, like, honk, honk. Oh, oh not the honk, honk. <laughs> anyway, Anna, do you give it a honk, honk? I give it a three. This is your favorite of the ones that we've watched so far. You're giving it a three. My votes are skewed. I'll give it a four because you pressured me. That's like two chest touches and a foot. Okay. Oh. Oh, a foot. Like I wrap it around his ankle and do a little stroke. Ew. Ew. I don't don't know. Um, I I did really like it. I really like this one more than I thought. Like thinking about it just vibing and it pops in my head i'm like eh. but when i actually sat down and watched it again i was like yeah no this one's fun you know what i mm-hmm. mean yeah yeah um 
Yeah, I, I give it a, a same. I give it a three. I thought it was fun. Fun, perfectly, perfectly harmless. Throw it on. I'm not gonna be upset that it's on, but I'm never gonna be like, I really want to watch Captain America. Yeah, that's not yeah. never gonna be me, but at a good time. Yes. Um, so that is it for this week's episode of In Conclusion. If you want to find us on Facebook and Twitter, we are at and In Conclusion on Instagram at In Conclusion Podcast. If you want to give us money. You can do that at patreon.com slash inconclusion. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at Dan O'Keefe86, because that's the year I was born, 1986. Sir! <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to find me on TikTok, I am at not Dan O'Keefe. Mallory, Hello. here's your time to promote anything you want. Um, I have nothing to promote. So my name is Mallory. I am Dan's <laughs> friend. <laughs> It was great being here. <laughs> Actually, if you want to listen to my company podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> becoming a creator. Same place as you listen to this podcast. That'd be Ooh. cool. As long as you listen to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That's only where you get this. I'm sure you can find Mallory's podcast on many other platforms. Right. Probably YouTube is the best place because we do video stuff. So that'd be cool. But you can also listen on Spotify and Apple. Very cool. Wonderful. Anna, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at AutobusPrimate18, or you can find me on Twitter at AutobotsRollOut, capital over auto, capital over capital R for rolling, O in, rolling, O in, out, our zeros. <sighs> wow. Wonderful. <laughs> um, Mallory, thank you for being with us this week. It was wonderful having you. Thanks for having me. Mallory, I'd like to thank you for being the only other person who likes my tweets on Twitter. It's usually you and Dan. <laughs> really? Yeah, you've hit my tweets with a couple of likes. I'm like, yeah. I haven't met her yet, but she's she's a queen. I love Twitter. Twitter's a great place. I do Absolutely. my best. Absolutely, except that it's a horrible place, but I love That's it. That's why it's a great place. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we will be back next week wrapping up phase one of the MCU. Uh, talking about the Avengers. Woo. That one's a hoot. It is a hoot. So get excited never for that. I've never seen it, that one. You've never seen it? What? No. <gasps> well, if this is a four star for you, then yeah, buckle right. up. <laughs> the only one I've seen is um, not Endgame, the one Infinity before that. War. Yeah. That's the one. It's also a good one. Well, come along on this journey to have Anna watch the first Avengers movie next week, everyone. You'll get her thoughts. Um, Yeah, so we'll be back next week with that. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, have fun, get vaccinated. Bye-bye. Bye. I tried to call my boyfriend of the time. And Dan was with him and he answered the phone and I was in tears. And Dan was like, oh, no, this isn't for me. (laughs) 